0: very blessed resurrection sunday i gotta remember i'm speaking to two crowds (laughs) praise god you know we heard the testimonies we enjoyed the worship we were we are still in the presence of the lord and what i'm going to do is we're just going to do a little bit of recap you know like you do in movies right so we're going to do a little bit of recap from good friday and we're going to move into Resurrection Sunday. Are you guys good with that?
1: Yeah. All okay? All awake? Yeah. yeah. Praise the Lord.
0: Praise the Lord. Okay. Let's go to the slides. I want you to read both portions of Scripture with me. We're going to start with Matthew 27, 46, and then we'll go on to Acts two thirty-one to 33. The first one is from the Amplified Version. Acts is from the Living Bible, right? Let's do it together. One, two, three and about the ninth hour three o'clock jesus cried with, with a loud voice "Eli, ellie lama sabachthani that is my god my god why have you abandoned me leaving me helpless forsaking and failing me in my need and david was looking far into the future and predicting the messiah's resurrection and saying that the messiah's soul would not be left in hell and his body would not decay he was speaking of jesus and we all are witnesses that jesus rose from the dead and now he sits on the throne of highest honor in heaven next to god and just as promised the father gave him the authority to send the holy spirit with the results you are seeing and hearing today you know what amen. even today we are seeing and hearing the results of the work of the holy spirit yes. yeah. that began at jesus ascension amen matthew 27 jesus is on the cross he's crying out he is forsaken god and in a sense god abandoned him because he was carrying the sin of all mankind and god cannot look on sin with comfort so jesus Our substitute, the Son of God was bearing the wrath of God. He became sin and God moved away. In a sense, God forsook him, God abandoned him. That's what Jesus felt and that's what Jesus was saying. Fast forward to Acts 2. We are going back. Verse 31, David prophesied about the Messiah. And in verse 32 of Acts 2, we see that he was speaking of Jesus. And you go down to verse 33, and you see that Jesus, from that place of abasement on the cross, which is supposed to be a place of defeat, a place of torture, he now sits on the throne of highest honor in heaven, next to God. And just as promised, the Father gave him the authority to send the Holy Spirit. The results we are seeing today. What we see simply is that, you know, we have heard this phrase, no pain, no gain. That's what my martial arts instructor used to tell me. And he used to punch us in the stomach really badly until we could hardly breathe. You know, you'd, you'd come up to us when you're doing your stance and give you a punch in the stomach just to knock out all the air that was there. And we were kids. I was about six, six years old, five years old. We were getting punched. My uncle was my coach, so he used to beat us up real badly. No pain, no gain. That was the slogan, you know, we grew up with. But the fact of the matter is, that was torment. That was pure torment. But the fact is this. Jesus showed us God the father showed us that there is no gain without a loss there is no crown without a cross Jesus had to go to the cross first before he was crowned likewise it is the same to us Genesis 3:15 you can see the small footnote down there right Genesis 3:15 what began in Genesis 3:15 right where Man sinned and God said that the seed of the woman will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. Jesus would crush the head of the serpent and the serpent would bruise his heel, right? And then fast forward to Revelation thirteen eight. that's where we see something interesting. The lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the world. When man sinned, God was not shocked. He didn't run around trying to figure out what was he going to do he knew it because god stands outside the sphere of time and space as we know it he knows the end from the beginning right yet i mean being a parent now being a father you know and when i look at my daughter zoe it's like you want to protect her and you want to make sure that she doesn't even fall down she doesn't even hurt you want to take care of her and you want to you know you love her more than anything else anyone else except god And perhaps your wife, my wife is just walking in. Anyway, (laughs) the thing is this, that God loved Jesus absolutely. And yet he gave him up for us. He gave him up for us. For God, even for God, there was no gain without a loss, right? Why I'm going back to Good Friday is this. If I just arrived on Easter Sunday with all the rara, Without understanding what Jesus had done for us, without understanding what God had done for us, I would be celebrating, you know, my, or rather my celebration would be hollow. It would be meaningless. And perhaps I would just be celebrating for the sake of celebrating, but not honoring the God who gave his life for me. You know, I had a friend, uh, yesterday you know we were talking on the, on the phone and he told me this he said ah bro what's the big deal about easter or good friday i celebrate good friday every day he says and i celebrate easter every day i mean i know where he's coming from we are to remember the death and resurrection of jesus the work of jesus on the cross and of course his resurrection every single day but honestly do we come to that intensity and that intentionality remembering jesus death and resurrection like we do on a good friday or on a resurrection sunday easter sunday i don't think so i don't i don't i don't and you know, sharing this with my wife and you're saying you know use every opportunity you can to draw closer to god use every opportunity you can to draw closer to jesus because everything we have is because of him, amen. I want us even as we are looking at the scriptures on the screen, on the slides, to focus on what he has done, what he is doing, what he is about to do, but above all, to focus on who he is to us, amen. The next slide, Kieran. thank you, bro. No gain without a loss, no crown without a cross. We talk about Philippians 3.10, Everyone, every believer, wants to experience the power of his resurrection. I remember sitting for a Sunday school class, and my Sunday school teacher was talking about the power of his resurrection. He said, there are two parts to this. So, it was quite funny. When there were about 12 of us in that class, and when he was sharing about the power of his resurrection, all 12 were there. When he went to the second part, the fellowship of his suffering, eight left the class for various reasons. (laughs) In a sense, that kind of reminded me, it's like a microcosm of the Christian world today. Everyone wants to partake of the power, everyone wants the power of his resurrection, but no one wants to partake in the fellowship of his suffering. You know, I just put down this small note. I wrote this down uh, many years ago. And so yesterday, as I was going through this, 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 this servant, the servant's lives, I just inserted this in. Understanding the cost of our salvation gives us the proper perspective to live out the resurrection life. See, if we do not understand what Jesus paid for us, if we do not value what he paid for us, we will trivialize Jesus' death on the cross. We will not honor him. We will not worship him. And God is very clear on this thing. 1 Samuel 2.30, he says, I will honor those who honor me. Those who uh, dishonor me in that sense, I will esteem lightly. God is a respecter of persons. He honors those who honor him. People say that he's not a respecter of persons. Well, in this context, I hope you understand where I'm coming from. You honor God, he honors you. You fear God he comes to you and he becomes your friend Psalm 25 verse 14 friendship with the lord is reserved for those who fear him with them he shares the secrets of his covenant if we walk in the fear of the lord the fear of the lord for believers is simply this reverencing god not reverencing god like you reverence your parents or your 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 teachers or whatever reverencing him means placing him above everything else he becomes your ultimate priority i think there's, there is there is one portion in the psalm where david talked about a righteous man who will do things to his own hurt he keeps his word to his own hurt you will honor god you will put everything in you every resource you have every strength everything love god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind with all your strength that is reverencing god fearing him and loving him in equal measure. That is honoring the Lord. So let's read. Okay. The second part says if we do not understand what Jesus has done for us, if we do not see this cost that he paid and frame it correctly, what happens is we buy into the fallacy that life is always a bed of roses, or worse, that God has failed us. Many a time we minister to people who undergo challenges lots of challenges i mean life is not a bed of roses if you think life is a bed of roses we'll be praying for you afterwards before you believe it is not jesus said in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer i have overcome the world when we talk about what he has done when you want to experience the power of his resurrection in fact i just want to share this with you we I knew uh, 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 one of our mentors, Denise, and I had this mentor, uh, William Yates. He's gone to be the Lord. He went to be the Lord in his late 80s. You know, this guy, he he drank more tea than I did, more tea tarik than I did, right? And and he discipled us and mentored us. And one of the things he shared with me is the more I understand the fellowship of his suffering, the more I'm able to exercise the compassion of Jesus. To understand the compassion of Jesus. And the more it enables me to minister to people. He was a missionary. He was one of this. He was with this Overseas Missionary Alliance, OMF guys. And he was one of the guys who wrote that, that, that uh, book, uh, World Evangelism or something. It's a manual. He was one of the guys who wrote that book. And he was telling me, he ministers to people that, you know, if these guys are a few, maybe about 100 meters away from you, they'll be so drunk that you could smell. The alcohol on those guys and you'll get drunk but he could go put his arms around them and minister to them minister the word minister the love of god to them and he told me this when i understood the fellowship of jesus suffering i was able to see the power of his resurrection flow through my life that is what we must aspire to walk into and God has given us his Holy Spirit to enable us to walk into that level. And for us, I mean, Pastor Fergus, myself, the leadership of of this church, that is where we want to go. That is what we aspire to be, to be like Jesus. I mean, people turn around and tell us you guys are nuts. No, we are not nuts. Who else do you want to become like? The devil? You know, Jesus paid for us with his life. This is not a cliched thing. This is... The reality of life for us if we do not understand that we go to god because we want a bed of roses failing to get that we end up saying god you failed we understand a half-baked gospel and then we say god you failed i've been you know we minister to people who, are, who have these terminal illnesses. I don't know why they call it terminal illnesses, and they also call airport terminals. Maybe they're <laughs> preparing for their flight into the next world. Okay, so when they're suffering from these terminal illnesses and we are ministering to these guys, what happens is most of the time when we minister to them, one of the things that I can remember clearly is, you know what? They tell me, thank God that we know Jesus. Thank God that we know Jesus. Because the Bible reminds us, affirms and assures us that he's the God who leads us in this life and who receives us in the hereafter. He doesn't abandon you into some hole and expects your followers or your disciples or your family members to pray for you so that you'll reach that place that you need to be. He has finished that work for us. So let's read Philippians 3.10. This is Paul speaking. And this so that i may know him experientially becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely and in that same way experience the power of his resurrection which overflows and is active in believers you and i and that I may share the fellowship of his sufferings by being continually conformed inwardly into his likeness, even to his death, dying as he did. We are called to die to ourselves. We are called to die to the desires that are fighting in us, that are wrestling against the knowledge of God, that are wrestling against the word and the will of God. I know there's a neighboring country where every time there is Good Friday, you know, they start flogging themselves and trying to crucify themselves. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a transformation that only Jesus can bring. When we allow His Spirit to have its way in us, when we know the Word of God and we walk in obedience to the Word, amen, the power of His resurrection only flows into us and flows through us when we experience the fellowship of his suffering. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's move on to the next slide. 1 Peter 1:3 1. and Colossians 1:18 to 20. God's definition of good differs from ours. He brings new life and new beginnings out of devastating and seemingly hopeless situations i just i just want to share this with you i was just sharing this with pastor first so you know uh when were we speaking bro i think uh the other day on, on, on online right i'm sure you have you have read this particular uh, incident in the papers some many years ago back when uh, new street times for malaysians right you remember new street times right you're my age you'll know new street times and that was the paper not the star You know, news three times was the paper of that time right okay so on page three in the world news they had this picture of a father cradling his son right the a father was cradling his son what had happened was the son was shot in a drive-by shooting in Juarez Mexico all right you know when they had these drug cartels at war with the cops they were kidnapping cops and killing them and doing lots of oh, havoc. and so this 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 father was holding his son the son was dead and the father was also dead he was trying to shield his son but some bullets went through him and hit the son and I was looking at this and, and when I saw the paper in the morning you know first thing you do is the paperman comes to my house I mean throws the paper into my house by 6 15 in the morning so I just picked up the papers and I was reading it I just come out from prayer and when I saw this I got angry with God all right can I be honest I got angry with God I said God what were you doing were you taking a walk around your rock garden in Mars you know what were you doing what you know you talk about Jeremiah 29 11 look at this kid he's a three-year-old kid and he's dead and his dad with him and I was I don't know, maybe I was ranting and raving, you know, and I was telling God, God, what's this? You know, and finally I told myself, all right, you know, we've been trained. I was brought up in a Baptist church and you're kind of like programmed to say, okay, you know, whatever happens, God is in control, right? Like, Moses, uh, like Abraham said, will the judge of all the earth do what is not right? So I said, okay, I'll just use Abraham's line on this one, but God, you need to give me an answer sometime soon. So that was... Uh, At that time, many, many, many years later, this chap Ed Silvoso comes to SIBKL. How many of y'all remember Ed Silvoso? The guy that looks like Dracula, Count Dracula. (laughs) Yeah, he comes into SIBKL, and then he plays this transformation video, and everyone's watching this. And then he was explaining, he said, do you know that in this particular incident, when this particular incident happened, There was this local pastor who was stirred up by the Spirit of God when he saw this incident where this kid and the father died. And he rallied the whole village and all the other pastors and all the believers in that place and said, we are going to get up. This has to stop. We're going to get up at 5 a.m. and we're going to pray every single day. So they prayed from 5 to 7 a.m. every single day for three years until revival broke out in that place. Those uh, drug lords, either they got shot and killed by the police or they repented. And that whole town changed. And when he said that, I just excused myself from sitting in that service and I went to the the washroom. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, you see this, that was what that child was put back to bring. See, God's economy is very different from ours. I just fell on my knees in the washroom. I remember some people passing by and they asked me what is happening to me. I just told them, I'm okay. I just repented and said, God, I repent. Like Job, you know, I was repenting. Not in the dust and the ash, but I did repent. The thing is this. The inevitability of death is always overcome by the invincibility of life. The life of God in us. The life that Jesus purchased for us. The life that comes with the resurrection power of Christ dwelling in us. The same Spirit, Paul says, that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and I, in our mortal bodies. Amen? That Spirit, that Holy Spirit lives in us. Let us just read 1 Peter 1, verse 3, from the Amplified Version. Blessed, that is, gratefully praised and adored be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. That is to be reborn from above spiritually transformed renewed and set apart for his purpose to an ever-living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead Colossians 1:18 to 20 this is from the new living translation Christ is also the head of the church which is his body he is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead so he is first in everything For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. When we prayed, uh, when we anchored the Tuesday Lent altar, we were looking at the blood of Jesus, the efficacy of the blood of Jesus. And we see that God, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, reconciled everything. To himself through jesus when we see what god can do when we see how god works it's just enough for me to know that god is in control my brother died uh my younger brother he died of cancer in 2016. we prayed all kinds of prayers dry fast whatever fast you name it we fasted we prayed in the end he went to be with the lord the night before he went to be with the Lord, I went to see him and uh, just grabbed his hand and we were talking. And he told me this. He said, "You know what? Remember what we told ourselves when we were kids, whether you live or die, it is to the glory of God." I said, "Yes, I remember." And I told him, "But you think you're living?" He said, "Yeah, I think you know I'm going to punch out." And he tells me. He says, "But don't worry." I've got all eternity to hang out with God. By the time you finish, maybe, you know, we'll, see, we'll surely see you up there. But I've got all eternity to hang out with God. I was thinking, wow. And he said, you know what? Remember what Jesus said about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? He's the God of the living, not the God of the dead. When I look at Resurrection Sunday, when I celebrate Resurrection Sunday every year, I remember this. I remember Jesus suffering on the cross. I remember his resurrection. And I remember this. Jesus said, because I live, you will live also. That is a promise he has given us. And I just want to to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, use this as a means to engage God. Use this as a means to encounter God at a different level than you already have. Amen? Let's jump to the next slide, Kiran. Thanks, bro. A small kid, a 10-year-old kid once told me when I was teaching Sunday school, he said, Uncle Ramesh, Jesus is the one who killed death. How true? So I asked him, how did Jesus kill death? He said he caught him and suffocated him on the cross. I, that kid is serving God now. He, he, he's, he's migrated to the States, you know, but, but, but it, it, it's so funny when he told me that, I remember this so well. The one who killed death was Jesus. He caught death and suffocated him on the cross. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Matthew 28, 6, the angel declared this. The women who came in to look for him. He, that is Jesus, is not here. For he has risen just as he said he would. Come, see the place where he was lying. Pastor folks was sharing on uh, Good Friday about the linen uh, cloth that wrapped Jesus. That it was, you know, when Jesus stepped out of it, probably he just dematerialized and materialized somewhere else. And that, that garment was well folded. Perhaps Jesus just left it and the angel folded it. We don't know what, had it, what really happened. But the fact is this as i thought about that particular passage of scripture i also remembered lazarus remember jesus asked lazarus to come out right the thing is jesus mentioned lazarus by name i guess if he just said come out everyone dead would have come out but jesus just said lazarus come out come forth he says when lazarus came forth jesus told those guys who were standing there Get him out of his grave clothes. Get him out of his grave clothes. Sometimes, I don't want to say most of the time, but we believe Jesus has raised us from the dead, but we are walking around with our grave clothes. Not walking in the fullness of life, in the life that Jesus purchased for us. I wanted to just bookmark this for a while all right let's go to revelation 17 1 17 to 18. this is john he says when i saw him i fell at his feet as though dead and he placed his right hand on me and said do not be afraid i am the first and the last absolute deity the son of god and the ever-living one living in and beyond all time and space i died at sea i am alive forevermore and i have the keys or absolute control and victory over death and hades that is the realm of the dead of course there are verses in the bible that tell us that death the last enemy will be completely destroyed jesus defeated the devil jesus defeated death remember when he said that he laid down his life he said he laid it out of his own will and he would pick it up again Death had no power absolutely no power over jesus That is the God we serve. If someone has to get at you and I, who are called by the name of the Lord, they have to get through Jesus. He is the one that stands between you and the, the enemy. So tell me, can anyone get past Jesus? No. Amen. And it is because of what he did on Calvary. it is because of his resurrection amen next slide kieran i had 38 sorry 36 resurrection factors (laughs) so i was sitting up till about four something this morning and five something and thinking god what do you want me to share with my brothers and sisters this is a lot and i was still getting more so i just managed to put five inside five or six i can't even remember Sorry, guys, must be the coffee I drank this morning, but I'll just go through this. You know this, you know this, all right? I just want you to, even as we are looking at it, I want you to thank God, especially those guys who uh, are gonna be baptized today, all right? Why is the resurrection of Jesus so critical? Number one, it proves that he is the Son of God. We all know that he is the Son of God, right? Romans 1, verse 4, amplified. And as to his divine nature, according to the spirit of holiness, was openly designated to be the Son of God with power in a triumphant and miraculous way by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is the Son of God. John 10, 17 to 18. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my own life so that I may take it back. No one takes it away from me, but I lay it down voluntarily. I am authorized and have power to lay it down and to give it up. And I am authorized and have power to take it back this command I have received from my father he is the son of God right so many other scriptures that confirm this but firstly he is the son of God second one second slide it guarantees the efficacy of his redemptive death Romans 6 verse 4 we have therefore been buried with him through baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory and power of the father we too might walk habitually not occasionally but habitually in the newness of life abandoning our old ways first corinthians 15 17 ah the parenthesis is there sorry, all right and if christ had not been raised your faith is worthless and powerless mere delusion you are still in your sins and under the control and penalty of sin but you see he rose from the dead. And because he rose from the dead, sin has no dominion over us. It has dominion over us no more. Many a time we go out saying, I am a sinner saved by grace. No, 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 no. I was a sinner saved by grace. Today in Christ, I am a saint. Because if I call myself a sinner, I am denying the efficacy of his redemptive death. Making sense? Right. Right. Point three, proof of future judgment on the wicked, Acts 17, 30 to 31. Therefore God overlooked and disregarded the former ages of ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, that is to change their old way of thinking, to regret their past sins, and to seek God's purpose for their lives, because he has set a day when he will judge the inhabited world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed and destined for that task, and he has provided... Credible proof to everyone by raising him from the dead. Today, there is no excuse. Either you surrender your life to Jesus or you face the consequences. You face Jesus when you leave the planet, right? You either face him as your savior or as your judge. Point number four. The foundation of the Holy Spirit gift and life to us, the foundation of Holy Spirit, gift and life to us. John on 20, 22, and when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit, Romans 5, 10, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, it is much more certain having been reconciled that we will be saved from the consequences of sin. Why his life that is, we will be saved because Christ lives today. His death and resurrection has released the Holy Spirit into our lives. It is also the confirmation that he lives in us today. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. So it is written in scripture. First man, Adam, became a living soul, an individual. The last man, Christ, became a life-giving spirit, restoring the dead to life. Amen. Point number five. The resurrection of Jesus assures our heavenly inheritance. 1 Peter 1, 3-4. Blessed, that is, gratefully praised and adored, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again, that is to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose to an ever-living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. All right? born anew into an inheritance which is imperishable, beyond the reach of change, and undefiled and unfading, reserved in heaven for you. Yes, that's, that's all there is, or uh, there's another slide, right? Point six. Yeah, next slide then, Karen. thank you. Finally, even as I read this, I just want you guys to stand up to your feet to pray. why uh, now, can I just have... Uh, The resurrection of Jesus releases his presence and power in our lives. Today, we are to release the presence and power of Jesus everywhere we go because we carry his presence. In the past, it was the Ark of the Covenant, right? Today, you and I are living, breathing Arks of testimony that carry the presence and the power of the Lord. Galatians 2.20, one of the verses I believe all the baptismal candidates would have looked into I have been crucified with christ that is in him i have shared his crucifixion it is no longer i who live but christ lives in me the life i now live in the body i live by faith by adhering to relying on and completely trusting in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me ephesians 1 18-20 and i pray that the eyes of your heart the very center and core of your being may be enlightened that is flooded with light by the Holy Spirit so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, that is God's people, and so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us who believe. These are in accordance to the working of his mighty strength which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. I'm going to pray. In fact, we are all going to pray. I want you to focus on what Jesus has done. What He is doing, what He is about to do. Above all, I want you to focus on Him. The Son of God who loves you, who cares for you, who gave His life for you. This morning, I want you to remember even as Jesus rose from the grave, thousand over years ago that same resurrection power dwells in you if you are a believer in Jesus but if you do not know the Lord or if you have walked away from the Lord and you want to rededicate yourself to the Lord this is the time this is the time for it there's no better time to surrender your life to Jesus to rededicate your life to Jesus, then Resurrection Sunday, then now. I'm just going to ask Pastor Fergus to come. I'm just going to ask him to pray for you, and I'm just going to ask him to bless the church.
1: Amen. Church, you've heard the message about the resurrection, about what it means for us. Why? Why are Christians, Why do Christians have a different hope? Why do Christians have a different way? Why do Christians act differently, think differently? At least we are supposed to. Why? It's because our God has conquered death. And so, Church, if you want to give your life to Jesus today, if today you want to make that decision for Jesus for the first time ever, let's say, first time ever, you've never given your life to Jesus before. I want you to stretch your hand all the way up. Nobody looking, everybody's eyes are closed, heads bowed down. If you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time, if you're a Christian, it's okay. But if this is the first time ever, even online, I want you to just type into the chat and just say me. Just type me, right? And if you are here in church, if that is you, just stretch your hands just high enough so that we can see it. And after that, once we've seen it, you can put your hand down. And if you want to, if you've walked away from Jesus, if you've walked away from Jesus for many years now, like, like Uncle Vincent shared with you, he heard a little bit about Jesus through Boys Brigade when he, was, when he was much younger, and then it took so many more years before he finally gave his life to Jesus properly. If you have either known Him and walked away, and today you want to come home, I want to encourage you, stretch your hand up, just high enough so that we can see it. I see that hand at the back, thank you. Thank you, sister. I see that hand, thank you. If you're online, just type me, just type me into the WhatsApp chat, uh, in, into, the, into the Zoom chat, and one of us will come and, uh, and and say hello with you and connect with you. Thank you, Lord, we thank God for the coming home the coming home of even one sheep, back to the Father, back to the Shepherd. Lord, we give you thanks for that. Father, we want to pray for every single one of us here today. Lord Jesus, that you will use this day to remind us that you are good, remind us that you are alive, and to remind us that you are in control. That not even death, we always say, what can we escape? What can we not escape death in Texas? And then we laugh, ha, 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 nervous laughter because we know, truly, we cannot escape it. But there is one whom God has conquered once and for all. Jesus has risen over death so that no longer shall we, we may die but we will die and we will live forevermore, amen? And that is a good way to die. Gosh, I'm happy to be sent off like that so church I want to pray for you right now Lord you look upon your church gathered here today to seek after your face to hold on to eternal life father we thank you that today as we hold on to you your grip over our lives is even stronger than ours over yours so that you bear us up. On days when we are weak, on days when we are suffering, on days when we've got nothing left to give, You hold us. Not even we hold You. You hold us, Lord. Thank You for Your great love for us. For Lord, we can say the loftiest of, we can sing the loftiest of love songs, declaring our love for You. But on the days when we are dry and broken, it is Your love that holds us. Church, Truly, today we come together on this Resurrection Sunday to do something to help us remember God's resurrection over our lives that He lives forevermore. Tomorrow, Monday, you go back to your life. You go back to work, you go back to one thing or another, and then after that, week after week, we'll keep on running until perhaps Easter next year or perhaps Christmas end of this year and then you say oh let's do something special again but I can tell you this my friends God is alive and he can be with you walking with you through every trial and every challenge every day of the year and so we may crank up our intensities on big days like this But I want you to know that if you have Jesus in your life, you walk with Him and He walks with you every day of your life, forevermore. So now I want to speak a blessing over us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn His face towards you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face to face yours and give you peace, and all of God's people shout aloud, Amen. Amen. Amen.